0: Orlando. Orlando. Welcome to the ozone. Welcome to the ozone. Welcome to the ozone. Welcome to the ozone. The voice of
1: Magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, The Voice of Magic Fans, episode number eleven. What's up, boys? What's going What's it on, going, fellas? How's it going? What's going on, guys? first podcast of the new year today we are doing it a little bit different um justin is fortunate enough to uh be on vacation right now and um so we're not we're not doing this podcast live in the studio we are doing it virtually so if we sound a little different that is the reason why but um justin how's your vacation going it's going good man went to go to
0: uh atlanta check out some family and uh now i'm in tampa i'm happy
2: Happy in Tampa. That's what I like. How's <laughs> <laughs> everyone's New Year's? It was off the chain. I had a good time. A little yeah. pool party, playing some music, a little DJ action. It was a good time. A lot so of good family and friends.
1: My my question is, how come we didn't get an invitation to this pool
2: party?
3: With, right? my, par- That's with right. my party.
2: That's- hey, everyone's <laughs> how invited. it is, with? I told y'all, everyone's invited all the time. <laughs> I need a personal invitation. <laughs> done <laughs> so uh so guys let's, let's jump real uh let's jump
1: into it so um let's just do a roundtable table to see who we have in the building so um justin yo got al what's going on mark yo yo Wit. what's happening and myself anthony so um the last couple of podcasts we've been doing the segment in the ozone where you know this allows the listeners to kind of get to know us a little bit see our perspectives and see what how we are um, on a more personal level. And this week I wanted to ask a question that I honestly feel tells a lot about the individual. And it's pretty simple. Who is your all time favorite basketball player all time. Now I will warn you be
2: very careful on who you choose. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go with uh, the Admiral David Robinson from Key West, Florida. Uh, that's my guy. Is he hey. really
0: from Florida? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. He's from Key West i didn't know
3: that. that's crazy why is david Robinson your favorite player of all I
1: mean, time? I, he
2: he came uh, came out of the gates with, well what first of all great character um uh big in the community and taking care of people around him and uh all-around great guy but you know, when he was on the court he was dominant he had an inside outside game uh defense i mean he went up against everybody I, you know he's a legend.
1: He's uh has a great character. He's a legend. He's one of the main reasons why we couldn't steal Tim Duncan away from the San Antonios first.
4: That's right. Yeah.
1: That would have changed everything for our franchise. Damn it, Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For Who's me,
4: ne- for me, it's gotta be it's gotta be Vince Carter. If you guys know me, you guys all know that that's that's my guy. Um he's the reason why I watch basketball. Um, I've been lucky enough to watch him play for 23 years, which is surreal to me. Um, so he's, he's my guy, man. He's the one guy that, again, turned me into the NBA and it's going to be weird next year with him retiring to watch the NBA and know that Vince Carter's not on a team.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Vince Carter is the first basketball player in the NBA ever to play in four different decades. That's incredible. Half man, half amazing. For sure. For me, it's going to
3: be uh, Tony Parker. I-, I love his game. He wasn't tall. He wasn't super athletic, but he found a way to. Again, to the basket against these opposing bigs, especially in his time. Nowadays, I think he'll drop 40 points against today's bigs, against today's uh, NBA rules for how soft it is. But his game, man, is so slick and smooth, the European basketball style of play. So
1: that's, uh, that's another Frenchman. Aren't you a big Evan Fournier fan also?
3: <laughs> Maybe. <me, laughs> no, no, no. I'll leave that to the, the Justin over here. <laughs> 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 now me. Um,
0: no, I was I was going to say my favorite player of all time is Evan Fournier. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, don't.
3: <laughs> no, we actually definitely. believe
0: that. <laughs> don't do that because I, I would believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely my favorite player of all time is Carmelo Anthony. Um, we come from, you know, similar backgrounds. Grew up in Brooklyn, um, which is where I'm from. One of the greatest offensive players of all time. Uh, I remember there used to be a debate between Melo and, and LeBron. And for me, Melo was always the easy answer because I felt like he could score on anybody and there was nothing you could do to stop him. Uh, but that is definitely uh, my favorite player of all time. And I'm happy that, you know, he's back in the league with Portland winning player of the week honors out west, which is a big deal. That's uh, forever going to be my guy. And he's
1: part Puerto Rican.
0: That's true. Can't go and don't, wrong. And don't,
1: don't we need a small forward right now? Um, you
0: know, I was I was uh preaching to deaf ears telling people that Melo should have came came out here. But you know, Portland Portland picked them up and uh Portland's thriving right now.
1: So uh for me my all-time favorite basketball player and this might be a hot take, but it's uh Trace McGrady. To me Trace McGrady was um is a player and I'll, I'll fight this way anybody. Is a player that is in my eyes better than than Kobe Bryant. Right. He was a player back then that no one can stop him. He can score whenever he wanted. He was so good that people thought he was lazy. Crazy to believe it. <laughs> um he's he's a player that cre he carried this franchise on his back. Um just the just the thought and the imagination of he was this close to playing with a Tim Duncan and a Grant Hill together. It, it would have changed everything of how this franchise is viewed. Um, I still remember um, one of my all-time favorite plays that he had was in the all-star game where he threw it off the backboard and everyone went crazy. It's the first time anyone's really seen anything like that. Um, One of my all-time favorite moments from him wasn't even when he wore a magic uniform, but it's when he scored 13 points in 33 seconds against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, That highlight, if you, if you haven't seen it, it was like a video game. It was an out of body um, type of moment for him even when he talks about it, he still doesn't believe that it happened. So Chase McGrady was that guy for me. He was able to get um, carry us over with players like Daryl Armstrong and Mike Miller. And, and he's 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 part of that hard-and-hustle era.
2: I got to play against him in high school. You but played I mean, against Chase McGrady in high school? Yeah, when he was a freshman in high school, I was a senior. Did you dunk hey, on him? Nice. Hell oh, no. <laughs> I, he, no one knew who he was. He lit us up. And it was uh it was pretty special to see like, whoa, who was that guy? We we're, were looking at another teammate of his. Uh he was a freshman, that was seven foot tall. Um that's who I had to guard, but um he he was something special from the from the jump.
1: Yeah, I didn't play against Trace McGrady, but I played against Trace McGrady's cousin and he lit us up in high school. So I can only imagine how that was.
2: Vince Carter? Was that, <laughs> nah, nah, I just nah. Had to it was, say
1: that. Yeah, it was a second cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So it's really, really good to know where we stand. We have two San Antonio Spurs fans, like undercover Spurs fan.
2: I did not know that.
1: I know, right?
2: You're hiding yeah, it. yeah that, that's my second favorite team.
1: Let's go, let's go on the record that there's only two of us that actually said Orlando Magic players.
2: Uh, I mean, that's S- true. That's Shaq's true. That's right behind point. David, but, you know. All right. So what right. do we get on the agenda today? <laughs>
1: So today's episode, we have so much to talk about. I feel like there was just a lot of things that happened in in the magic world this past week. Um, But before we get all to get into the the gritty stuff, let's jump into the numbers. So currently, our record is 16 and 20. Believe it or not, we are still holding the eighth seed in the East. Our offense points per game is 103.3, which has us 30th in the league. Three-point percentage, 33.5%, which has us at 27th offensive rating 104.7 which has us at 26 in the league. Defense points allowed 104.2, second in the league. Block 6.4 which has us fourth and defensive rating 106.1 which has us 10th. Um this past week we uh we played against the Hawks, the Wizards, the Heat, the Jazz and uh, a lot of ups and downs, right? So the first game was um a loss against Atlanta. We lost 101 to 93. Most disappointing loss of the season, we blew an 18-point lead um, to the Hawks team that didn't have Trey Young. Vucevic led the way with 27 points, and Fournier scored 22. We did manage on that Wednesday to um, beat the Wizards, which kind of seems like a, a season theme for us. Every time we play them, we kind of have their number, 122-101. to 101. It was a solid overall win in the game in which, you know, unfortunately, we lost Jonathan Isaac early in the game due to an injury. Augustine led the way with 25 points and nine assists. Big-time game from him. Vucevic added 20 points and 12 rebounds, and Markel bounced back after struggling the last couple of games, finishing with 16 points, eight assists, four rebounds. Really big game for Markel. On Friday was a massive win for us against the Miami Heat, one of five to 85 this put us in a two-game winning streak possibly the best win of the season against it just so happens to be our state rivals the magic pulled away in the second half thanks to its terrific performance on the defensive end in the fourth quarter holding miami to just six points um, in the fourth which tied a franchise record magic um the magic were led by terrence ross with 25 points fujovic had another strong finishing with 20 points in the game 11 rebounds and seven assists Last night's game was a little tough. Played against the Utah Jazz 109-96. The Jazz came into the Amway as one of the NBA's hottest teams, and they showed why their three-point shooting was unstoppable. The whole night, especially in the fourth quarter, they were just shooting lights out. The Magic played hard, but we ended up being down by one, heading into the fourth. The Jazz three-point shooting was too much for us to handle. Um, Ross, however, led the way with 24 points. Vujovic scored 22 points and grabbed 13 rebounds. So a lot of good things, but you know, a lot of bad things as well. What you guys think of the games?
2: Well, um, I think Atlanta was definitely the heartbreaker to start it out. Uh, we should have, we should have dominated that. And our third quarter coming in from halftime from the Atlanta game was just, we looked terrible. Um, energy, defense, and, you uh, know, just one of those nights that nothing get, could get going.
4: So for me, I I, I cannot say anything negative about the week, except like Mike said, just uh, the game against the Hawks. Uh, We actually battled against every team that we played this week. We beat the Heat. We beat the Wizards. Uh, Even last night, we played really well through the first three quarters. Um, That fourth quarter was something we just could not control. I mean, they were hitting everything, uh, the Jazz, that is. Um, But that Hawks game was really something that that we had it. We're up 18 points. We were playing well. And then we ended up losing that game. Um, so we could easily have been three and one this week. Instead, we're two and two. Um, every game matters. Now that we don't have Isaac going forward, every single win matters. Um, that's one that I hope we don't regret at the end of the season.
3: I uh, definitely agree with you, Al. We could have went three and one this week. It should have been a three and one week. Um, that Atlanta loss was definitely a tough one. Um, you know, now it continues to haunt the magic that we're losing games that we're supposed to win. And the Atlanta game was pretty much what we're talking about here on um, the Miami game. I thought was probably might be the best one of the season. I didn't expect for us to be Miami. I thought they were going to hit us right in the mouth and we actually hit them right in the mouth. So shout out to Orlando and Utah was another close game where we, we could have been Utah. We could have been two and 0 against Utah instead We're heading out one two, but I'm satisfied with the two and two week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. Um, The two and two week was, was good. We didn't, um, we didn't win the games that I thought we would win. Uh, and I know we talk about this repeatedly in, in, in saying that the Magic have to win the games that they're supposed to win, uh, which they're notoriously terrible at. And I think we saw that again this week. Uh, they were supposed to lose to the Heat. I mean, everyone thought so, you know, the Heat are on a roll and we win that game. But then we lose to, like you said, a, an Atlanta team without Trey Young uh, and then you let Alex Len, who I, I believe was the leading scorer uh for Atlanta during that game, you let him go off on us. That's to me, that's unacceptable. Um, you cannot let a role player, you know, come in and be a primary scoring option for this team without a superstar and beat you. So it's true.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's something that I've always said before that if there's one thing that we have to do is beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. if we're serious about being respected in the league, if we're serious about making the playoffs, the one thing we cannot do is lose against an Atlanta Hawks team, even more so if they don't have their best player. It's, it's really at the point where it's embarrassing. You know, it's, it's, that's why teams don't respect us. Um, But at the same time, it's, it's kind of the epitome of what our team is. We're the type of team that. Um, we'll lose against a team like the Atlanta Hawks without Trey Young, but we'll beat a team like the Miami Heat. They've been balling out, they're currently the third team in the Eastern Conference. Right. So that's that's kind of what our story has been, not just this season, but last season as well. We need to, we need to find a way that we're not, we're not matching our competition. We're setting right. the standard of what our competition is, and I think that's something that we still um, are struggling with and we're going to continue to struggle with even more so you know, without a player like Jonathan Isaac that we rely so much on on the defensive end, which leads us into the juice. So we we had mentioned earlier that um, you know during the Wizards game, Jonathan Isaac um, was taking the ball down from a fast break, euro stepped, and kind of hurtled over Bradley Beal and um, hurt his his leg, and he was carried off in a stretcher. So. An MRI on the left knee of Orlando Magic for Jonathan Isaac showed a severe sprain and bone contusion, and teams plan to reevaluate his status in approximately two months. League sources told ESPN, the good news is there was no structural damage to an ACL, MCL, or PCL. The bad news is that as of right now, they're saying that he is out indefinitely and could be out for the rest of the season. How much does this hurt this Magic team?
2: I think it, uh, it's going to show our depth, uh, especially from our bench and then in, in different positions. Obviously, the biggest loss is his defensive presence and what he's bringing. But now we're going to see really what uh, what exposes us bench wise. I mean, if you look at the numbers of the week defensively, uh, we actually played pretty good. Even with, with Isaac down, we were pretty consistent with the stats, but offense was inconsistent. And that's, you know, seeing where those, those gaps are.
4: So, I mean, uh, watching that game, it just sucked. It took the whole New Year's vibe and holiday vibe out of me. Like, it, it was just hard, a hard pill to swallow in that moment. See him go out, uh, him go out on a stretcher. I mean, automatically you knew something major that had happened to him. Um, for us, it's going to be tough. Defensively especially, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, we need people to step up, Gordon especially. We need MCW back as soon as possible. We need Aminu to get healthy as soon as possible. Uh, but, I mean, you cannot replace what he was giving us. He was one of the top defenders in the NBA for a reason. Um, offensively, thankfully, he was—he will not be missed that much. That's our biggest struggle right now. But definitely as a team, we got to collectively uh, replace what he was giving us, which will not be too easy.
3: I know Jonathan Isaac hasn't officially been named an all- NBA defensive player, but I think we can all agree that's what he is to this team. Um, so, yes, he is going to be missed a lot in this team. Um, offensively I believe we won't miss him too much he's a fourth option in our team still developing in a shot but to lose a player who we can all say that I guarantee he's going to give it to us 100% on the defensive end that was going to be a big blow um, I believe we'll still be in a playoff hunt for sure but we're just not going to have that guy to clean up our mistakes if so we get a, a player that blows by one of our perimeter players and you know you got an Isaac right there towering chasing down the block so that will definitely be missed for sure The interesting
1: thing is that we're not the only ones that see him as an all defensive player. When the report came out that he was injured um, defensive, all defensive player and Jonathan Isaac in the same sentence came out from the Shams and the Adrian. Yep. That's
0: a, that's a good point.
1: So he's, Um, he's definitely someone that, you know, was being put in position to be selected in those categories.
0: Right. I, and I, I think you made a good point. I agree with, with all of you guys, um, J.I., like you guys said, is probably not going to be missed, you know, much offensively. Um, but even defensively, I'm not, as, I'm not as afraid of what the future looks like for the Magic defensively without J.I. for the simple fact that without J.I. there, it allows Aaron Gordon uh, to play, you know, full time for uh, where I think he's best defensively anyway. And I think we could see Aaron Gordon return to what his defense was looking like last year. Um, if everyone remembers when Ag didn't get a vote, a single vote for, or I think he got one vote um, for all defensive team, everybody was shocked because his defense was really good. Uh, we haven't seen that that Ag this year, um, and I think that again by him playing full time four, it's going to allow him more opportunities, um, you know, to kind of offset Ji not being in there.
2: Yeah, and can we say? Um, a- Special thank you, Ji, for everything you've done, and hope you get back, back soon and speed of recovery. We're behind you, man.
3: Yes, I agree.
1: Yeah, he's, agree. he's definitely going to be missed, but believe it or not, it to me this kind of feels as if hey, there's more, there's more shots to be taken, and I feel like mm-hmm. these last two games, Terrence Ross has taken advantage of that, and he's been shooting really, really well. So, you know, hopefully that this becomes an opportunity for other players to step up for sure. Yeah. Now, um, in other news, um, in the juice, Bobby Marks just reported that the Magic are one of handful of teams that still have an open roster spot available. Orlando will also have until January 7th to guarantee the contract of Emil Jefferson. Now, Roy Perry of the Orlando Sentinel, Sentinel had mentioned that with knee injuries to forward Jonathan Isaac and Alfred Camino, that President of Basketball Operations Jeff Wellman has said that the team is having discussions about filling its open roster spot.
2: I, I I think that'd be great. I like to see that young man from uh, Lakeland come up, Mr. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Just give him a B- shot. He's balling out. BJ Johnson. Yes, Al, that's your that's your guy.
4: That's my guy, man. I, I don't know what we're waiting for to to call him up. To be honest with you, he is simply killing it. Uh, what is it? Thirty six points per game. The last three games in the G League. I understand the G League is not the NBA, but man, if you can give me twelve points of the bench, add that to what DJ does and Ross does of the bench. I'll be happy. Um we just need a body man that can just put the ball in the basket. That's all we need.
1: Now, Al, would you be okay with replacing a player like Melvin Frazier with a BJ Johnson?
4: The simple question I'll ask the rest of the, the group here is what has Emil Jefferson or Melvin Frazier Jr. done to earn their spot in the roster through what? 30 something games this season.
0: I'll be I'll be honest, I don't I don't think that that's a fair question because the, Steve hasn't given them, you know, a fair opportunity to prove their value. Emil Jefferson, I've been an Emil Jefferson fan um, since last year, and you know what BJ Johnson is doing. Emil Jefferson was dominating in a similar fashion last year, right? Because he won MVP for the G League. So I'm just, I, I, I think that the G League gives, you know, like this this false kind of analysis of players um, because. You could be really talented and you could be the best of the lower level. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to translate, you know, to to the NBA, um, especially on a team like the Orlando Magic, where your offensive output is going to have to be at a high level. Otherwise, you're not going to look that good because there's no one else to take that offensive low from you. Uh, so, so I think that we should keep Emile Jefferson's contract. Melvin Frazier Jr. is one of those guys that, you know, he's he's cold, he's hot, he's had a little more opportunity to show what he's capable of, and I'm not impressed, um, but I think Emil has the potential to be, um, you know, a good fit on this
1: team. It's crazy to think that in the beginning of the season, especially when we picked up um, Chief, Alfru Camino, that everyone was complaining that, hey, we have too many bigs, we have too many forwards. Now it kind of feels like we don't have enough forwards.
3: Right, that's a good point. (laughs) That's true.
1: Um, move, moving on to the next topic. So um, Kurt Helen of NBC Sports, he reported that the Lakers are interested in point guard DJ Augustine. Hmm. I, I had I had said this. I had posted on social media that I think the Orlando Magic front office should have an automatic uh, decline on any phone calls from Los Angeles.
2: 100%. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, D- DJ plays so well. I, I'm a, I'm a DJ fan and he's doing, I, I like what he does for us. Now he,
1: I, there is an opportunity for him to leave. You don't think that it's better for us to cash out now instead of losing him for nothing.
2: Um, well, here's the thing. He, he's a leader on the team and, um, and you can see he helps bring everybody together and in, in some chemistry like seeing everyone go, seeing retire his jersey in New Orleans—that's a special moment. And seeing you can see on the court that uh, that, that that he's definitely a, our general when he's out there. I mean, there's a lot of inconsistencies that happen, but I mean, he's always come up big for us when it when it matters.
4: I mean, what can the Lakers offer us that that right. will make us want to trade DJ to them? Um, salary-wise, is that a lot they can give us to to match a trade? Um, And what else can we ask for of a backup point guard, knowing that Markel needs that reliable backup point guard to be there just in case he gets hurt again or he's not playing well? So that's what makes it hard. Um, I would be okay with a trade if DJ is gone, if needed, because he's a free agent at the end of the year. But we got to get something back that makes sense. And I just think the Lakers don't have that. Yeah, I I
3: agree. If we're going to lose Augustine, it better be something that's going to be worth getting a return. Other than that, it's like Alvaro said, um, DJ Augustine is Marco Fultz's security blanket. At the end of the day, yes, Marco Fultz's been in this league for, what, about three years? This is his rookie season for us. So when things aren't going well, Augustine is that guy that comes in and is able to pick up the slack at times. Augustine is that other point guard on our team that's able to hit a three-point shot consistently for us. And like Witt said, he is and a veteran, he is a leader in our locker room. So it's for us to lose a guy like that, I believe would be pretty crucial. I know he's been inconsistent this season, but he is a big time locker room presence and he is Marco's fault security blanket. As but don't right you now. think but don't you think that and I'm not
0: I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate. I'm taking Ant's spot. He usually plays yeah, devil's yeah. advocate, but we're doing this today. Um <laughs> You know, maybe someone, another veteran presence like Avery Bradley, um, who who is on the Lakers. I think that's that's an option, too. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if D if they want DJ to the point where they would throw some assets this way. And I know they're limited because of their trade with New Orleans. Um, But I think I think that is a conversation, you know, that we can have just based on DJ's uh, age, his contract Mm -hmm. coming up. Um, I don't think think it would be super hard, not just for the Lakers, for any team. I don't think it would be too hard to pry DJ away from from the Magic.
1: I think that when we traded away Alfred Payton and they had announced that DJ Augustine was going to be a starting point guard moving forward, I think for the most part, the fan base was a little worried. And for him to lead this team last season into the playoffs, for him to have that big shot that he had over Toronto to at least get us a win away for game one, I think he he brings so much value to this team. He knows the players. He knows the system. He knows the coach. That yeah, we may, we may complain a little bit here and there about DJ Augustine, like we we all do, right? But I'm not I'm not saying I'm ready to let him go. I like him as my second string point guard. I'm not saying that there's better options out there, but I'm a big I'm a big DJ Augustine fan. If yeah. something were to happen with Markel, I'm con, I'm okay with him. I wouldn't mind him being our starting point guard in the event. I agree. I agree with you. I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be losing sleep. I, I think that he would still do a good job. He has his moments where he plays really well and he has his moments that he struggles. It's a really long 82 season. Now, what player would make sense in Los Angeles for DJ Augustine? I don't, I don't really think that there's a, a viable option where, okay, you're training DJ Augustine for this one specific player. Right. What could end up happening is maybe a package deal, which leads us into our next segment. So for Pastor Shoot, our very first Pastor Shoot topic um, is there's been a lot of talks about, especially today, that the Lakers organization, they're open to listening to trade offers for Kyle Kuzma. Should the Magic look into Kyle Kuzma um, and bring him to Orlando? Could a package of DJ Augustine, maybe another player, be enough to bring a player like Kyle Kuzma and, and extras? Hey,
2: I'm going to say pass. I mean, it, I think he made it pretty clear he doesn't want to be here.
4: Yeah, I'm going to follow that up too. I'm going to pass. Um, we would have to give up some picks to make that happen. I don't think DJ alone is going to make that worth it for the Lakers. Um, but he's a guy that blasted our city publicly a couple of years back, uh, something on the lines of who wants to play in Orlando. Um, so why do we need him in Orlando? I'm I'm happy with looking somewhere else and bringing somebody here that wants to play in Orlando.
1: But Al, you, you said some stupid stuff at 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. But still, I I just, he's
1: he's a young kid in LA. Happy that he's been in LA was one player shy of almost being traded to new Orleans.
4: (laughs) I just don't see him as a fit in Orlando. So you would then have Gordon, Isaac, Okiki, and Kuzma playing the forward spots and Aminu in the list too. I- I'm good with big guys, man. I-, I just need us to get some guards uh, for next year.
3: For me, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind him. Yes, I know he said he doesn't want to be in Orlando, so I don't see that happening. But we can't He didn't that. Say, he, is he didn't
1: say that he doesn't want to be in Orlando. Or he, he said something he to the effect...
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, he said something to the effect of, "Or you could play in Orlando and like never be spoken about." Or but
3: kind of that comment, kind of you know, pretty much expresses how he feels about Orlando. You know, um, I don't know. I think he's he's a he's a guy who, who we can use his talent. He's, he's a great point shooter. Thanks for what we have in our roster already. We do have all these forwards. Um, to mind, you some of them are injured right now, but I honestly wouldn't mind for the right price to get a guy like Kuzma in our team. He's young; he can develop with these other young guys as well. He
1: is a player that is better offensively than he is defensively. He's six not six foot nine with a seven foot wingspan. Um, he he can put the ball in the hoop, and it's something that the team really needs right now. Um, it, it's hard with with having Chumo Okiki on. On your radar, because I'm not sure how I feel about really counting him yet. You really don't know what you have. He is a a player that we're – we obviously – we drafted him for a reason. We see him as part of our future. He fits in the organization of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to build. He seems like a player that's a good character first type player, Um, lengthy, can play the three, can play the four. But what do you really have with him? And are you really willing to – Overlook an opportunity because of a player like Chuma Akiki that, again, you just don't know what you have.
0: So I'll say I'll say there's a couple a couple things. So, yes, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma is an offensive player who possibly can benefit Orlando. Second, I wouldn't just say hell no to Kyle Kuzma in Orlando for the simple fact that he was on an interview. He was joking, having a good time and said something that was to disparage the city and the team of Orlando. That to me, to have that conversation at 22, 23 years old sounds like something that a front office would pull him in and be like, you know, we need a higher level of maturity from you so that this does not happen again. Um, That could have been Orlando that he mentioned that could have been any other city. Um, And I don't think, you know, there's, there's differences. There's other players around the league that I'm sure feel the same way. They just don't say it in an interview. So I don't think that's, that's a good, uh, you know, judging factor, uh, for whether Kyle Kuzma should play here or not. But what I will say is that I personally don't think that he's a player that would fit into the culture of Orlando. Uh, I think when Orlando goes after guys, yes, length is something that they look for, and Kyle Kuzma fits that profile. Uh, but they also they also go for, you know, mild-mannered guys, guys that wouldn't even put themselves in a situation to be in an interview saying those those type of things. Um, so while what he said is not the issue, the fact that he didn't recognize, you know, the the audience or who was listening to that and put himself in that situation is is concerning.
1: But I don't you think that that's the issue, Justin? That we always go after the same type of player—the mild manner, the the really good character. When when is there? When is it that we're going to bring in a player that is that is gritty? Our most gritty right. player that we have is Evan Fournier.
0: Yeah. Well. Mm, yeah, but. It's not necessarily about that, in my opinion. It's about doing it with the right person. You don't just want to bring in a guy here who's going to be a loud mouth and bring negative attention to the city. You want to take that chance on a guy who's a franchise-altering kind of guy, not a guy who's going to come off the bench and give us 10, 12 points a game. He's, and I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure that he's regressed every year since rookie season. Not just in points, but rebounds, his turnovers are higher, his steals per game are less. Um, So I'm not for Kyle Kuzma playing in Orlando. uh, But again, not just because of what he said. But when I look at him as a total package, I don't think he would fit here.
1: As being the devil's advocate, as you said, Justin, I would shoot on in and say, why not? Give it a try. This kid is playing; he's averaging 13 points a game, and this is on a roster with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So imagine what he can do with a team of Nikola Vucevic and. Martin so what Nikola. is he
0: gonna take? Is he gonna take Ag spot? Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm Maybe. not a. I am i am not I do not even like Ag like that, and I think Ag can be better. And I still would not like Kyle Kuzma taking over for Ag. I think is a bad. Um, a bad idea, in my opinion.
1: They're averaging close to the same amount. Their production is pretty similar. The real difference is that AG is more flashy. He's going to give you more highlights. He's going to put you on ESPN a little bit more, and he has a good character. I think but that goes a long you, way. But but do you think that offensively, Aaron Gordon is a better player than Kyle Kuzma, offensively?
0: I think if if Aaron Gordon played a traditional power forward role and stayed in his game, I do think so. I do think he is a better player than Kyle Kuzma. When Aaron Gordon is trying to do everything and be the star of the team, no, I don't think so. But when he, again, when he plays within himself, I think that he has, he is currently and has a much higher ceiling than Kyle Kuzma at this point in time.
1: The Magic do need something right now, especially to replace Jonathan Isaac. So... The next passer shoot, and this is this is a really important passer shoot. Realistically, are the Orlando Magic still a playoff team without the Minister of Defense?
2: I think they are. You I think, think they the are? East, yeah, I think the East is weak enough. Um, I, I think these guys have enough time together to start linking some stuff together, and um, I, I think you know the the. the they can turn it on and get it going, they'll be all right. Once we get through this injury bug for the next month or so, and the next month is going to be tough. If we can keep our head above water the next month, I think we got it.
4: I'm going to shoot as well. I I mean, I agree. I think what Witt said makes sense. We, we are still a good team. We're still going to win the games that we're supposed to win uh, or beat those teams that we're supposed to beat once in a while. Um, to be good enough to be in the eighth seed, seventh seed, in that range uh, by the end of the season. Now, that is because, thankfully, the bottom of the East is a complete joke. And, you know, like every other night you're seeing the Pistons, the Bulls, the Hornets going a three, four game win uh, losing streak. Uh, so all we have to do is not go on a funk and lose, you know, five in a row, six in a row, and we should be fine.
3: Uh, I agree with both of you guys, honestly. Um, one plain simple fact. We're in the east. Behind us there isn't really much competition. Um we can even I believe we can still catch the seventh spot, honestly. Um and then I don't know, you guys know that the Orlando Magic are end of the season C. Um Isaac's probably not gonna be with us till the end of the season if he makes it. So usually at the end of the season for the Magic, we that's when we play our best basketball. So I don't think offensively we'll struggle that much. Um uh, without I think him. Defensively there's... it'll be a challenge, but I for sure will we'll be a playoff team. I think there's
0: a couple players specifically that hold the key to whether Orlando makes the playoff or not, the playoffs or not. Um, and again, that's at this point, because we don't know what's going to happen when trade deadline comes around. Uh, but I think, like I said earlier, I think if AG steps up defensively and fills those shoes in uh, for eight a- uh, for J.I., I think that's a big key. I think when MCW comes back and we see, Obviously, his de- defensive presence on the court—I think that's a big key as well. And if Terrence Ross stays, you know, shooting at the level that he's shooting uh, for the for the majority of the remainder of the season, then yes, I think Orlando can make the playoffs. But if those things don't happen, if MCW is at, at a high level defensively, but Aaron Gordon hasn't taken any step, and and T. Ross gets cold again, I sadly, I don't think Orlando would make uh, the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm shooting, but it's more because of how bad all the teams behind us are, more so than what I think that we're able to do. Um, if you really mm-hmm. take a look at who's behind us in the Eastern Conference, you have the Magic at 8, you got Hornets at 9, Bulls at 10, Pistons ele- at 11, Wizards 12, Cavaliers 13, Knicks 14, and then the Hawks 15. Those are really bad teams, like, Terribly bad, uh, terribly bad. The only team that I might be kind of worried with is maybe the Pistons, just because they have shown that they can play at a at, at a high level. Um, we competed with them last season, but they're right now thinking about training Andre Drummond. So, how long is that going to last? And if they trade a player like Andre Drummond, what does that mean for Blake Griffin? So, I I can see us being the eighth seed and still make the playoffs just by default in itself. Because I, I, really I will don't say the team that that would beat us out for the eight seed.
0: And I will say that uh, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but we're 16 and 20 right now. Atlanta is what, eight and 28, right? That's an eight game difference. If Atlanta picks up an Andre Drummond, you get a healthy Trey Young back. John Collins is back in the lineup. You know, there's still, there's still a lot of games to be played. And I'm not saying that Atlanta will make the playoffs, but I'm just saying if they pick up that caliber of a five, They beat us with Alex Len, guys. Like, they pick up that caliber of a five and you have shooters. I think they can make a push toward the end of the season. So Orlando is not in a position where they could look at the rest of the East and say, oh, regardless of how bad things get, we got this. They, You know, because they're in a position where things could change really quickly.
1: Yeah, and it really comes down to with losing Jonathan Isaac, everyone just has to step up from... Our point guards who are every single person, our bench needs to do better. Um, recently, Markel has has been having a bad span of games other than his 16-point game that he had recently. Um, is Markel Fultz starting to worry you after a series of poor offensive performances in this past week?
4: I'm going to pass. Um, I mean... It seems like it's a mind thing with him right now. It seems like he's passive. It seems like he's not attacking. Um, I don't know the reason why. I, we don't, I don't. I think the offense looks the same, except I am seeing a little more of him bringing the ball up and then handing it off again to the Fourniers and the Gordons. Um, but I think. What he brings to our team still is big enough that it's not only offensively that matters, it's the six steals that he got the other night. It's the six rebounds or a couple a couple of um six that he picks up here and there when it matters. So while I'm not concerned yet, I hope that he goes back to being the attacker that he was early the season, which was get a pick and roll, dunk on people, just go to the basket strong, get fouled. Um he's still hitting his free throws, so that's a good sign. Uh, but it is concerning to a degree but not enough that that I'll be concerned right now
1: do you think maybe the reason why we don't see the aggressiveness offensively anymore could be that maybe there's pain again in that shoulder maybe there's just not a report of it because of how much publicity it would get
2: I, I don't think so I think it's he's playing a lot more minutes than he has in a few years and this is that time where you get some Get some fatigue going. There's probably is some pain, and and also teams are adjusting to him. That's that's my thoughts.
3: Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna pass. Um, like I said earlier, this is his rookie season. I believe um, he still hasn't have so many games under his belt. There's gonna be a lot of learning curves of him during the season. Um, I believe he's still shaking off a little rust. He's still trying to you know find a flow in an NBA game offensively, I mean, we knew that, you know, he he may struggle offensively at times. He's not a great shooter as of now. But it's like I said, there's other things that he does. He's a hustle guy. He's he's a big guard. He's able to rebound. He's able to defend. He had six steals the other night. He's a great playmaker. So offensively, I mean, we're going to see those. We're going to get more of those questions where we're questioning his offensive game. But I believe when he gets a full, healthy summer of training, you know, getting up more shots next season, Maybe we can question that if we don't see that he's made that improvement on offense.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Um, I'm gonna pass. I, I think going back to, to what Witt said, uh, you know, he's he's adjusting to his minutes load. He's the primary point guard on this team now based on minutes, you know, per game. Uh he didn't play regulation, if any, basketball for ten, eleven months uh what we're three months into into the season now you gotta believe and and we've had a pretty tough schedule compared to the rest of the league, and there's been a lot of travel as well i think it's it's fatigue um i think when when we'll see what Markel is going to be uh it's probably gonna be after all star weekend uh where he could kind of gather his mind a little bit, rest up a little bit, and get back you know get get that. That rest uh, so that he can come, you know, full speed, knowing that he has to close out the season strong, knowing that this team is going to need him offensively um, and his playmaking ability. So I think that that rejuvenating period uh, during all-star break is going to be super important for Markel. But as of right now, I'm I'm not worried at all.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried either. Um, I I agree with you with that. You know, it, it might just be fatigue. Um, this is really his first season where he's playing as consistent and the amount of minutes that he's playing. Um, I, I think that would put a toll on, on anyone's body. So I'm not worried about Markel. I think he's going to be all right. Um, and he's still learning. He's still getting to know his teammates. You know, it, That's not something that you just learn in the first 20, 30 games. It does take some time to do that.
2: Yeah, you can um, see that when his shot drops just a little short. You know, that mid-range he used to just splash. It's a little short here, a little short there. To me, that just that tells me a little fatigue kicking in. And truthfully, I'll
1: I'll take it. You know, you had some reporters out there last year that they didn't even think that he was gonna play the season, let alone the amount of games that he's playing right now. So yeah. you know, kudos to the Magic Front office for being patient with them, taking their time, um, and getting him healthy. But uh guys, let's let's get into get it off your chest. All right. So obviously there's there's a wide range of um the comments from different perspective from different fans out there. So let's jump into the very first one. So this one comes from underscore cam dot Wilson underscore from Orlando magic HQ on Instagram, pretty fine playoff team with growing roster would like us to find a future shooting guard, perhaps use Vooch and or Fournier to get a shooting guard.
4: I like that thought. I mean, uh, we definitely need, um, a shakeup. I mean, we've been saying this for, I think three to four weeks in a row now. Uh, the three amigos, as we've uh, assigned that name to them now, something's got to give. We've had this team for too long. Um, I would love to see, you know, a Fournier and vooch package. I don't know what it will take for a shooting guard that can be our goal to scorer. Um, again, I always say, it, imagine a Bradley Beal in a magic Jersey for the next few years uh, with Isaac, with faults. Um, just, Whatever it takes, uh, if it is one of those two guys, we, we got to make a change.
2: Hmm, I, 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 Evan and Evan and Vucha, they got something special going on there. It, I I think we should be going after a solid third scoring option that's consistent. You know, when the offense breaks down, it kind of gets it in there and they're going. But I mean, Evan, Evan's, I was watching him last night, he was holding people accountable, talking to his teammates. Uh, Vooch uh, I mean he's to me the all-star again this year the way, he, the way he's playing and um, I mean yeah it's not the flashiest it's not it, it can be it can be inconsistent but I, I like to see another you know point guard center doing the NBA be as as lethal as those two.
3: Uh, For me eh, I'm kind of 50-50 I would like to see Vooch stay a little bit maybe a Gordon Fournier sorry Justin I know I said Fournier but You know, we do need that, you know, like that, that hot, you know, that hot guard that somebody that just sticks out, you know, a Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, you know, we've, we've tried a while with, you know, Evan Fournier. If we could get somebody like that, that can legit, you know, score off the dribble can legit take over a fourth quarter. Then, you know, I'm up for it.
0: So I'm going to, I'm just going to 19 points per game, 2.7 rebounds per game. 3.1 3.1 assists per game if if you're talking about shooting guards come on 19 points know. per game 2.7 rebounds per game 3.1 assists per game
1: just i already that, know where you're going that, with this
0: wait the, it, <laughs> that, it's, it's not, the, it's here we not go. the problem it's not the problem i think we can we can sit here and argue i want flashier this i want flashier that and, and that conversation can be had. But when you look at the points production, the character on the court, who he is as a player and as a human, as a person, why would you want to send him somewhere else in hopes of getting somebody who's going to, what, average two points more per game, three points more per game? That's not really going to, like, help us. The problem is we're not moving the ball enough, right? Our pace is an issue. Our transition... Defense and offense is an issue, and our defense at the three-point line is an issue. You don't fix those things by trading an all-star and a potential all-star. That's just my opinion. So I, I'm going to uh, – I know it's not a pass or shoot topic, but I'm passing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you you know what? You, you kind of make a valid point. And I say kind of just because you know how I feel about Evan Fournier. And the kind of point is how many shooting guards that are realistically available that we could trade for is better than Evan Fournier. You're right. He is averaging 19 points per game. Now he didn't do that last season. He's doing that now. This is also a contract year for him, right? He's, He's going to want to get paid, whether it be from us and, and whoever. He's going to want to get money. And now is it's a time where he's playing well. Now, if this was something that he was doing the last two, three, four years and then, then, OK, he's playing the best basketball that he's ever played. The problem is, is that even though he's doing that, we're still not playing the way that we know this team can play. That's... Now, I'm, not, I'm not putting that on Evan Fournier. If we're looking at our roster, I'm OK with our point guard. I'm okay with our small forward. I'm okay with our center. I'm okay with our shooting guard. It's our power forward that I have an issue with right now. And it's consistency is, has always been um, the, the main thing attached to a player like Aaron Gordon. He He knows what he's able to do. We know what he can do. He's just not doing it. Right. And I also want to throw in,
0: um, Another kind of fun fact: ESPN has Evan Fournier ranked as the 11th best SG in the league. Just saying.
4: Just saying. The thing, the thing that I have an issue with: we can put up numbers all we want to, we can talk about stats all we want to. What's Vucevic and Fournier given us in six years? And Butch was an all-star last year, by the way. Yeah, we made the playoffs. That's, that's great. But here we are. Now his guy's 100 million dollars. Vuce, I'm sorry, Fournier is about to get paid. A decent amount if he stays here to be a what an eight seed again next year? I mean, we're we're hoping too much out of two guys that have proven. Unfortunately, I, I understand that they they've they've put up good numbers the last couple of years for us. But what's our ceiling with those guys? Unfortunately, we've seen it and it's okay,
0: but what's our floor? What's our floor without them? I think if you trade realistically, if you trade Evan Fournier and Vooch, we're not we're not making the playoffs.
2: No
1: way. Yeah, you you There's trade no you way. Trade, you trade those players, and obviously it depends on what you get back. You know, you're you're crossing the fine line of going through the whole rebuilding. Man, the these last four or five years have been brutal. Uh, we've we've struck out in every luck there has been in the draft in the players that we've selected. The only real good player that we've drafted that you know was was a win for us is Jonathan Isaac. Everything else hasn't really panned out. So. Are we willing to go back to that route? Well, I don't think so.
2: I, I haven't been the biggest Bomba fan, but the past two two games, like I, you know, especially against Miami, he uh, he he's been playing really well off the bench. Um, and I like the bomba Birch matchup on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we offensively, the inconsistencies are totally there because you know we're we we lack the. Some shooting from the outside. Um, we lack the, the the guy got the ball four times in a row. You know it's going to him and lit us up. And I it's mean, usually
3: I, their best shooter. It's open always.
2: Gosh, I, I'm I'm on, I'm sitting behind the Utah bench screaming. He's getting the ball. We all saw the whole arena saw it, and sure enough, and he lit us up. Ah, that. Mm.
0: So, Whit, 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 just going going back to what wit was saying really quick. The if, if, if you're talking about, you know, our offensive struggles and not being consistent, not having a guy who we could go to down the stretch and all of these things, I think we're, we're kind of in a, in a weird position where we're stuck, right? Because if we needed somebody to kind of just, like, get dirty, get physical, and grab us two, four, six points, Aaron Gordon and Vooch are supposed to be those guys, right? Yeah. Now, we're banking on the fact that I understand that J.I. is spectacular defensively and, you know, he's he's moving better and he's hesitating less in transition and all of these things. The only way Orlando gets better is when J.I. takes that leap.
2: Yeah,
0: because regardless of how good his defense is, if he's only averaging eight, nine, ten points per game that he's playing the three, he's playing the three offensively. There's a lot of threes who give us more points than that you know, that we could, and I'm not saying trade J.I. at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there are guys that are right now better than J.I. that we can make a move for. We're hoping that J.I. makes that jump next year so that he can be one of those top threes in the league. But as of right now, we're stuck. Because as long as we keep J.I. in our offense, that's going to be a sore point for us. And the fact that A.G. isn't producing, that adds on to that.
1: But you, you've seen the Spurs. You've seen... um the aggressiveness from Jonathan Isaac, the way that he's able to put the ball on the floor, his mid-range jumpers his when he does shoot the three point, the way he drives to the basket, that Euro step. So you see a lot of the flashes. We're just not seeing the ball going to the hoop, but I think that with time you're, you're going to see the efficiency. You're going to see the consistently, the the consistency. It just takes a little time for that to happen. Hopefully hopefully he stays healthy. Um, Let's let's jump into the next one. So the next one comes from um, Orlando magic, Reddit, Hoykin, Florida, 28, who says, how many more years is his front office going to ignore the bench and offensive talent in the draft and free agency? I So reading that, I don't really think that is our front office ignoring. I I think that's Mm -hmm. the wrong word to use. Um, It's never about them ignoring. I think it's about them really trying to see what it is that they have, analyzing what they have, analyzing what's available and seeing if what's available better than what we have. Um, and I think that's been the biggest struggle for them. You know, uh, if you're looking at the draft at the time, if you really think about it, Mobamba was the right player to pick up. I wasn't mad with the draft pick. We're not getting what we expected. We're not getting what we what were seeing or what we wanted to see, but we've always known that Mobamba was going to be a project.
2: I agree. Um, and, and I, I always tell you that our front office staff is, I think have been doing pretty good as considering what they inherited over the past few years. Um, and I, I, I think um, it, it's a tough situation the whole way through. Like you, you can't just keep turning this team over and, and, and flushing things and bringing it back, back and out. You, you got to think of it from uh, a more o- organic perspective of, you know, let's enhance this the the parts where we're at. And as, as far as the bench goes, you know, you don't you don't want to be building a team, your whole franchise around a draft unless you get lucky. But uh, it, it's it's a it's a time thing. It's tough. I think I would the, honestly. Oh, go ahead, Al.
4: Sorry, uh, I was gonna say that I I think uh, what Ant said makes sense. Yeah, I think what we've been doing is kind of just judging what we have, kind of looking at hey, what kind of talent do we have in our roster? But I think we're due for the whatever system we have in place to switch and and start looking for those guys that can put the ball in the basket. Now Uh, there's been so many players in the draft, especially late in the draft that we could have drafted that have proven that can score in the NBA and that are doing it right now. Uh, But again, we chose to go with athletic backup, small forwards and whatever, big guys. I think the time is now, now we know what we have. I would love to see 2020 draft and on and free agencies to be, the time where we start picking up some offense because obviously that is what we're struggling with. And you said earlier, we're 30th again in offense and points per game. It's a major weakness of this team and it has been for the past few years. Now we know what we have. Let's really try to fix over the next few years.
0: I think when you look at our bench, right? If I if I told you that we're going to have a bench with DJ Augustine as our starting point guard, T. Ross as a small forward, Right. We could play a one-do at the two, Farouk, Aminu and Mo Bamba. You wouldn't think that this would be a bad bench. I think the problem is, and I, and I know that it's hard to throw coaches under the bus and all of this. I think it's that Steve has not figured out how to play these guys to their potential um, and what they're best at. Just just DJ T Ross Owundu Bamba like those Aminu those are all guys who could run. That's the bench. There's no reason, there's no reason why we should be playing a half court game with runners. Yep. And I, ultimately, I and ultimately until that changes. It doesn't matter if you have somebody who can shoot or can't shoot. If you're slowing down the offense with guys who need to play fast, you're not going to get the desired results. And I think the same thing is happening with our starting lineup. And I'm not – so while Clifford might not have to be fired, he has to be open to trying a faster-paced game. What What's the worst that could happen? We lose? We're losing now.
1: Yeah. Really good point. All right, so – This upcoming week, um, the games that we have at hand, thank you to everyone that um, shared their thoughts on Get Off Your Chest on the Orlando Magic Reddit, Facebook, Magic HQ on Instagram, Twitter, Ozone Pod. Um, Appreciate everyone's feedback. But jumping into the week ahead, we're actually, for the sake of time, we're going to add the week ahead and the closing out statements together. So the week ahead, we have Monday versus Brooklyn, Wednesday versus Washington, and then the beginning of our West Coast trip, Friday, at Phoenix, uh, we mentioned that we're going to call Brooklyn um, to be our game of the week, and uh, stay tuned because this upcoming week we have our winners and losers.
4: Yes. For- yes.
1: And we said that we were going to do a what do we call it? A losers' reward. Yes. We got, we got something fun that that we're going to put together, and is is going to be it's going to be a really good introduction to our next podcast. But um, who do you guys have? Um, for this week ahead, and what are your closing thoughts?
2: Um, I think we can win all three games this week. They're, they're all three games we can win. Uh, Brooklyn is—they're uh, on a losing streak, so we, we got to be cautious with them. But I, they're definitely beatable. With uh, what's going on there, that we you know we played Washington well, and we can—we could can beat Phoenix and Phoenix. Um, so I, I'm going with the win with the Nets. Uh, the, the keys are going to be. That we we stop that person at the hot hand at the three point line, make him pass it to the the third or fourth offensive option, and we move the ball and attack. We'll we'll be there.
4: I'm gonna be uh, right on cue with with uh, with Way. I think that we go three and zero this week. Um, being cautious, I'll be two two and one. It is the magic after all, uh, but I do think we win against the Nets uh, tomorrow. Watch out for Joe Harris. We've been struggling big time guarding the three-point line. That's a kid that can light it up from the three-point range. Um, yeah. uh, the Wizards, we should be able to beat. Uh, the Suns at home scared me a little bit. Uh, but, again, the Nets came. I do think we have it. And, by the way, huge game. If we win that game, we'll be tied for the seventh seed, uh, which, again, every game matters uh, from now till April.
3: I got us beating Brooklyn for our game of the week. I think we could go 3-0, and but I don't think it's more of that I think we. We will go 3-0. We need to go 3-0. We do have a tough road schedule ahead. We're going to play the two Los Angeles teams. We're going to be on a seven-game, six-game road trip. We need to start off this week hot. We got two home games before we go to Phoenix, so we need to be 3-0 before we actually go deep into our road trip. I think we need it. I think we'll we'll start off 3-0. I hate to to be a pessimist. There's always um, one. There's always
0: one. But I I, I think Orlando... Uh, goes one and two. Um, one and I think we, two. Justin. Yeah, I against think, who? I, I think we lose to Brooklyn. Ooh. Um, and I think we lose to Phoenix. I think we beat Washington. Uh, as of right now, I, I think that um, I think there's issues. I think there's issues, and when you see when you see the Magic beat a team like Miami, you get a little bit of hope, uh, and you think that it's temporary, and the guys are gonna get get through it. Uh, but I think we we don't have enough offensive power. Um and those are those are high high scoring teams. Uh so yeah I think I think Orlando goes one and two. Um and for the game of the week I think Orlando loses.
1: For me, I think this is and this is without Jonathan Icey, obviously. Um I, I think it's a really good opportunity for us to go three and no. Um, we had uh, Al. Yeah, mentioned before we started the podcast that Chris LeVert was going to be out. Kyrie Irving is out. I'm not a fan of the the Brooklyn roster. I I think that on paper, obviously, it's this is a team that you know on paper means absolutely nothing. But I I think Brooklyn is is a win for us. So you can put me down for that. Wizards. We've been controlling them and destroying them the whole entire season so far. So I'm going to put that as a, on that dub uh markel folks likes to go off against the wizards and then phoenix i don't like phoenix so i'm gonna go f- with us <laughs> winning so i i'm putting us three and oh um my closing thoughts is i'm curious to see or how long that we'll start hearing what the next rumor is right so um, the NBA, um, we just passed the deadline or not the deadline, but the mark where we're able to sign 10 day contracts. So we're able to do that now. I'm curious to see what the Magic do with that open roster spot or if we'll start to hear more. We've already started listening to um, Lakers being interested in DJ and and other things. I'm curious to hear what names we'll, we'll start hearing the Magic tied into in this upcoming week. Because I, I feel like we're getting close to that time where we'll start to hear some certain things.
4: And not only that, but we're actually tomorrow. We're exactly one month away from the trade deadline. Uh, so we have four weeks here to not only add a player and make up for that loss of J.I., but also what do we do with Fournier? What do we do with the rest of the team? Uh, so it'll be a fun four weeks. So our next four episodes should be really, really fun. So I'll say, um, just going back to the whole Brooklyn thing really quick, while Kyrie
0: is not playing, I think this allows Spencer Dinwiddie to you know, be a primary option. Uh, and i think Spencer Dinwiddie's going to be entering a point in his career uh where he he becomes that guy. Uh so i think you you don't want to sleep on him. Uh, Rodion's Kurug's obviously is is really good and Joe Harris is really good. That's i think they're going to shoot the lights out because again we have issues closing out on the three point shooters. Um and i think that's why Brooklyn might get this win. But um yeah, that's that would be my my closing uh Thoughts as well. I think for the next four weeks, I think Orlando is going to be mentioned in a lot of trade rumors. Our uh, reason being is we we have assets, uh, we have players that if they were on other teams would be really good. Uh, like an Evan Fournier, for example, could you imagine Evan Fournier on an LA Lakers team where all he has to do is sit sit at the corner and shoot threes? So I think teams will be trying to pry some of those guys away, um, but I don't think Orlando moves any significant pieces.
1: I don't think they will either but it's still fun to hear the different scenarios it's, it's no secret that changes need to be made whether they're small changes or big changes i'm just curious to see what happens yeah yeah but um anyways guys i appreciate um everyone coming on virtually thank you to everyone listening at home and that's a wrap for us peace
3: peace Deuces. peace
0: thank you for listening to the ozone podcast the voice of magic fans
1: be sure to visit our website the ozonepod.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave
3: a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.